that winning here would be a, a monumental challenge. And we experienced some adversity. You know, we haven't let up a point since Fairfield Prep, right? So when we did, our mentality is next play. Our mentality is next play. We don't flinch. We get stronger as the game goes on, and our kids made some plays down the stretch. Uh, can you feel it? Like everything's starting to come together oh, now. Yeah. yeah, we we figured out what we got wrong last year. We made our adjustments, and I think a, a lot of it had to do with how much people worked in the offseason. The teamwork, the bond, and uh, just like the, the fight we have this season. We didn't want to have a rerun of last season, go one and nine. And this team, I'm very proud of this team right now. We're, we're fighting every quarter. We're fighting, and that's really it. We're just going to playoffs. Coach, Coach Miller did a great job getting the locker room right. Uh, when he say that, he just means the connection, the brotherhood. It all starts in the locker room. And then from day one, we uh, established that. And then now, we champions. One, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And this is it. We have reached the Thanksgiving extravaganza finale cornucopia whatever you want to call it we have reached the end of the regular season the greatest in my opinion greatest week in the connecticut sporting calendar that includes uconn that includes the game yale harvard that includes anything anything that happens sporting wise in connecticut thanksgiving week and day especially when you well while the turkey's roasting in the oven yeah, head out to your favorite Thanksgiving Day game. See all your friends that you haven't seen, all your alumni, and graduates, and family members, and uh, get to see everybody. Watch some great football, and then go home uh, with the family and uh, get all the turkey and stuffing and all that stuff. So you have two, you have, you have two main courses: you have football course, and then you have your turkey later on, uh, and then all the playoff points and all the scenarios and all that good stuff. It is a great week. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: never ever get rid of Thanksgiving week. I'm, of course, your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me, as always, is Pete Paguaga. Petey, how are you? Good, good. I, I'm i excited. I, I love me. Um, it's really exciting to get up for a holiday weekend like Columbus Day. It just really gets the blood going, these great matchups. Um, I just can't wait to uh, to get out to the games on Thursday morning and Wednesday night and some maybe potentially Tuesday night. Did you mean to say Columbus Day? Uh, no, I'm just preparing for future seasons. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yeah, you're waking up, waking up. Oh, it's like uh, waking up Columbus Day. All right. Or is it Indigenous Peoples Day, by the way? I don't even know. Some is people that... have that day off. Some people don't have that day off. I don't know how it works. Um, but I think that's that's kind of like where we're going. I, you know, I imagine getting up that day and all right, week week three or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if they move it to Columbus Day, like I want the games at ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, I don't want Columbus Day seven o'clock at night games. I want to be done by one o'clock. Well, remember, here's the thing about that though. It, when is like, isn't that like a is that that's not always a Friday or Saturday, right? It's like during the week. It's I, like have, you know, I think it's a different... Monday. Yeah. Was Monday, but it's like that weekend. So it's like Monday morning games, ten o'clock. You get the kids out from school. Yeah. It's like a, uh, get it. it's like a, like a. What do they have in the middle of the day when they don't have to go to class? Uh, um, recess. 
no, not recess. Uh, they go to like the auditorium. Oh, uh, oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, we I, haven't been in school. I've been in school time. in thirty years. <laughs> you know, have uh, them. I remember when I worked in in Torrington, and uh, Thomaston had to play a softball and baseball. Both had home games, but there was no fence, so they had to play one earlier. And they just let everyone out of school. And they all just sat and watched the softball team play. And then they sat and watched the baseball team win. Yeah, the middle of the season, too. That'd be, yeah. That'd be awesome. Darian New Canaan. All right, let's see who goes to 5-1 and one or 3-1. and one or... <laughs> It's better when they're both 8-0, 8-0, no, no, or whatever it is. They're, they're, this year they are 7-1 uh, you know, and, uh, sorry, 8-1 and one and, uh, what is it? What is Darian's record? I don't even know. 7-1 and one and, uh, or 8-1 and one and five, uh, 6-3. and three. And, uh, you know, when there's playoffs, uh, the last game against your rival, that's when you got to play these games, not some, you know, off game in the middle of October. Forget it. You know, again, this is the greatest day in the Connecticut sporting calendar. I love it. Uh, you know, we all, you know, can there be tweaks and maybe fixes? You know, here's one thing, you know, everyone says, oh, well, there's they're not as many teams playing on Thanksgiving. Hey, listen, if you don't want to play on Thanksgiving, play the week before. You know, Hall Connor, they don't play on Thanksgiving and it's still pretty good. They but it's still the last game of the season. You know, that's that's really what this is about. It's the last game of the season, then you add all the pageantry of and well, the, I mean homecoming football. used to be against good opponents, and then home teams realize we should have a homecoming when we're gonna win, so let's schedule the worst opponent on our schedule. Yeah, so right. think things do change. Right. I mean, look, as long as you play it like around this week, I mean, I know uh Rock will kill me. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it is Thanksgiving week, Pete. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. We have all the games from last week to kind of set the table for playoff points. We'll dig into all that stuff. We're going to tell you who's in, who's out, uh, and who needs to win to get in, and what who needs win and bonus help and all that good stuff. Mike Fornabar and I have been hard at work on that, and uh, I want to thank Pete for helping us out with by doing all the previews. You can see on GameTimeCT.com. Your Thanksgiving every if you're you play a Thanksgiving Day game this week or Thanksgiving week game, then you will have a preview. We have a bunch of stuff up there with all the playoff stuff. But we here at uh, in in YouTube Land or wherever we're publishing this, uh, we are going to have all the scenarios for you. You're going to break it everything down. We're going to tell you exactly what you need and what to look for um, as the results come in this week. There's a lot of games going on. And then later on, where Pete and I, are, this is the hybrid show for the second straight year. We're going to make this the hybrid show where we do the picks and right after we, we run down what happened last week. So away we go. With only a handful of teams in the top 10 playing last week, there wasn't going to be a lot of changes. But one of the big games that did happen was Friday night at Fujitani Field, where number eight, Shelton, traveled to play Wilton in one of the last Alliance games of the season over at Fujitani Field. And... Uh, both teams were already pretty much in the playoffs by that point. Uh, so it was just kind of like to see where, where teams stood on their last game before the playoffs. And uh, the Warriors capped off an 8-2 regular season with a thorough 28-7 victory over the number 8-ranked Gales. Led by Todd Woodring, the Warriors' defense held Shelton to just 100 total yards of offense, most of which came on a 67-yard TD run by David Dodd Litko. Woodring scored on three one-yard TD runs, and with the season wrapped up, the Warriors now get to hang back and enjoy their Thanksgiving and see where they will play in the upcoming Class Double M tournament. 
possibly a North Haven rematch. We shall see. Shelton also in Class L. They get to see where they end up. Also some matchup rematch potential going on there. So with Shelton losing, they drop out of the top 10. And after number 10, Cheshire, the big change was at number 9, where you think Wilton might slide in there, but no, it was actually Windsor, which just demolished rival Bloomfield, a game that they lost last year, and it wound up costing them a spot in the playoffs. But this time, Windsor, winners of six straight games going in, are ready to extract some revenge on Bloomfield. 53 to 28, my goodness. They scored 26 points in the third quarter to put that game away. Lots of guys did a lot of different things for the Warriors, but the main man was Damian Sparrow, who had three interceptions. Then he had Max Copeland, who caught two touchdown passes. John Manning ran for 179 yards and three touchdowns. And Sean Adams ran for three touchdowns all in the third quarter as Windsor dropped 26 points on Bloomfield in the third quarter to win going away. They are now 9-1 and on a seven-game win streak, and they will get one of the top two seeds in Class L. After that, top 10 is pretty straightforward. And Sonia moves up to number eight. They play Naugatuck at Jarvis Field on Thanksgiving. Number seven is Newtown. They face Massick on Wednesday night. Number six is North Haven, which will get to defend its Class Double Championship after beating Hamden 38-7 on Thursday night. This was just days after it was reported last week that the Department of Children and Families is investigating the athletic department concerning the incident of inappropriate student conduct which caused the team to forfeit its week one game against Darien. Now, the school said it had alerted DCF and the police department uh, when they were reporting that initially to begin the year. DCF confirmed that it began its investigation November 1st. Two days later, North Haven coach Tony Sagnella was suspended for one game and five days, and he was eventually allowed to return to coach the team to their victory over Hamden the following week. So uh, North Haven goes into its uh, Thanksgiving morning game versus Amity with a chance to maybe get a home quarterfinal. But as far as that other stuff concerns, we're just having to have to wait and see what happens there. Number five is Staples. They play Greenwich on Thanksgiving for a chance to be the number one seed in Class L. Number four is New Canaan. They face Darien for a shot to get a home quarterfinal, maybe in a home semifinal in Class L. Number three is West Haven. They have a shot at the number one seed if Staples beats Greenwich on Thanksgiving Day. They play Fairfield Prep the night before. They got to beat Prep. Prep also with its designs on a state playoff spot. Number two is Maloney. They face Platt in the Stoddard Bowl Thursday morning for a chance to get a home game. There's a, there's a good shot. They both might get home games uh, in the first round of the Class L and Double M playoffs. And it might even be a, a doubleheader, CIAC said. So uh, keep an eye on that. And finally, number one is Greenwich. Still with 25 first place votes, they face staples for a chance to go for the number one overall seed in class double l now all of those teams have unofficially clinched cic football playoff spots and uh there are a bunch of other teams that did punch their tickets as of last week's results or last week's wins so let's take a quick look at where we stand in the playoff races of the six divisions as we head into the final three days of the regular season We'll go bottom up and just give you a real short rundown on how this works. If you want to know more, visit Game Time CT to get all the scenarios. We will be updating them through every night throughout the week. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on that. So, starting at Class S, six of eight teams have clinched, and Sonia 
Bloomfield, Oxford, Cromwell, Portland, Notre Dame, Fairfield, and Griswold Wheeler are all in. North Brantford at 5-4, which got beat up by Cromwell, Portland last week, still has a shot to get in. They must beat Coggenshaw Co-op at Coggenshaw on Wednesday night to punch their tickets. The other team that can win and get in is Stonington, which plays its legendary Thanksgiving Day game at home versus Westerly, Rhode Island. They are 6-3. and three. They need to win and get in. Should either of those two teams falter, Woodland could get in with a win over Seymour. There's also a slight chance with Waterbury Career Academy, Plainfield, maybe even Morgan Old Saybrook-Westbrook can get in, but they would probably need both of those teams to, to lose and then help. So uh, that is the situation in Class S. In Class S, it's not as clear-cut. Only two of eight teams have qualified beginning with Granby Canton, which is the number one overall seed, and Coggin Chog Co-op at 7-2. and two. They play North Brantford for a shot to get a home playoff game, which would not would not be allowed at their field because they don't allow portable lights anymore. They'd have to go find another place to play. But the teams that can get in with wind include Wyndham, which plays Montfield. They are 6-3. and three. Gilbert, Northwest, who's a tonic, 5-4. They play St. Paul Tuesday night. And they will win. A win there will get them in. Tallinn plays EO Smith, winning in. And then Sheehan at 5-4. and four. We'll get to them in a second. They must beat Lyman Hall to get in. Teams that are on the cuts, that, that would only be six spots right there because that's 4-2. and two. So the other teams that are in the running is defending champion Barlow at 5-4, and four, plays Weston. Foreign at 5-4, and four, plays Law. And then also even New Fairfield, which is 4-5, and five, but will get a ton of points if it somehow... Beats New Milford. There's also a chance Watertown, Ledger, Plainville, and even Ellington way down there will have a chance. But the one, two that we'll look out for will be Barlow and Foreign. If they can win, they need to get a little help to stay, to, to stay ahead of the pack there. But uh, that is uh, the situation there in Class Double S. Sheehan had a chance to qualify on Thursday, but it was going to be a tough opponent against Han, a team they historically have no luck against. But they did defeat last year and at the new Riccatelli field this is their second game on it since it's been refurbished up in wallingford and uh hand tigers coming to town winner was going to clinch loser was going to have to win or just get some help on thanksgiving now as mentioned hand lost this game last year but came in on a seven game win streak having not allowed a point against its sec tier two opponents since week two when it played tier one fairfield prep in that crazy overtime game that's 24 consecutive quarters that did not allow a point. And it even got up to 25 consecutive quarters until Sheehan's Dante Denozo took this reverse and went all the way around the end and scored to put Sheehan up 7 to nothing. Sheehan looking good so far, but Owen Prescott takes the ensuing kickoff, dances out of a few tackles, and races all the way back into Sheehan territory to set up his own touchdown, a short TD pass from Jack Shea to tie the score. And then later on, Aiden Dolan rips through the lines and goes into the end zone to put hand up for good, 14 to seven. Sheehan did get within 14 to 10 on a late field goal to end the half. But, but after hand missed the field goal attempt, a Sheehan fumble at midfield gave them another chance. And Aiden Dolan, who had a great game with 139 yards rushing on 23 carries, busted loose for a touchdown run from 30 yards out to make it 21-10 hand. And though Sheehan got within 21-18 on a TD run by sophomore Brady Rosado and a two-point conversion pass to Denuzzo, Hand's defense stiffened in the fourth quarter. They used a short field 
to put the game away. A 37-yard TD pass from Shea to junior Sam Markovich, 28-18. Tigers, a year after missing out on the state playoffs, back in the fold, this time in Class M. And, uh, well, if you're a Class M playoff team, look out because this team is going to be tough. And here is Coach Eric Becker and Aiden Dolan. We knew that winning here would be a, a monumental challenge, and and we experienced some adversity. You know, we haven't let up a point since Fairfield Prep, right? So when we did, our mentality is next play. Our mentality is next play. We don't flinch. We get stronger as the game goes on, and our kids made some plays down the stretch. Our kids stepped up. Our kids stepped up big time. Our defense stepped up. Um, we were able to do enough to keep them out of the end zone, and I'm really proud of them. Yeah, we. We figured out what we got wrong last year. We made our adjustments, and I think a lot of it had to do with how much people worked in the offseason. And we all, we're all so connected that we're just having so much fun together. They are going to be the runaway favorites to win in Class M, but we'll see what the Rockville, maybe even Berlin, which got in, and uh, you know maybe you know St. Joseph if it, get, if it gets in somehow. Northwest United also in there undefeated in ATI. So we will see in Class M, but uh, right now, a hand a clear favorite. As for the rest of the division, Holy Cross is in with a win over Woolkit. They kind of stumbled late in the year, but have a chance to make amends by beating Woolkit to get in. Woolkit's really been struggling, and the last playoff spot will come down to who can ever get the most points out of that group. You got to win to get in, and right now, I think Trump, like I think St. Joseph has a good shot. Uh, Lyman Hall, if it can beat Sheehan somehow, we get a ton of points. And uh, so we will see how that shakes out. Moving over to class double M, five of eight spots are filled, including Windsor, which is in the clubhouse at nine and one, Wilton in the clubhouse at eight and two, Platt is eight and one, Fitch is eight and one, and North Haven is also clinched at seven and two. Massick is just about clinched. It's very close. We miscalculated a little bit. I don't quite know why or what happened there. I know the points from CIAC with this new system have been a little wonky. I had a lot of coaches sending me text messages this week asking me if they, they thought it was going to be right. It seems like it's right now, but is this the reason why we miscalculated on Masic? I don't quite know, but uh, Masic will play Newtown. A win gets them in, obviously, but it is a uh, it's almost a done deal as it is. They just need like a bonus game to get in. So uh, that is the situation there. So that will make it six. And the last two spots come down to Guilford and Cheshire. Guilford must beat hand, though which it hasn't done since 2006, and it's only done five times in 50 years. So uh, Guilford at the Surf Club, tough spot against Hand right now, and they need to win to get in there. And the other spot is Cheshire, which needs to beat Southington for the first time since 2011. Remember, they didn't do it last year, but back then, could could the same thing happen this year? Maybe. If they lose, suddenly they could probably back in. They don't want to do that. We don't know what the situation is with Matt Jeffrey, but uh, it'll be very tough against Southington, a pretty good Southington team, but, you know, Cheshire's been uh, been pretty scrappy despite uh, losing him for most of the second half of the season. So failing that, if Guilford or Cheshire lose, or if they just get in a little bit of help, if Bennell beats Stratford, Bennell will get in uh, one of those final spots. Um, and it'll be really close, but uh, I think Bennell is in a really good spot right now if they can just beat Stratford on Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, they might even still get in. If, uh, if both teams lose, they'll definitely get in. But if one team's lose, they're definitely going to. Both teams win. It might be a little tougher, but it's, 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 it'll be interesting. So we'll just keep an eye out on that. Moving to Class L, the big linchpin game there was South Windsor playing host to Enfield in the Route 5 Bowl on Saturday morning. 
both teams needing wins to get in and would basically set up the whole entire division uh, with this result. But Enfield would need to beat Manchester the next week. So Enfield needing a win to stay alive. South Windsor, just a win to get in. And here we go. I love the play of running back Logan Sherwood from South Windsor, who was just a terror on both sides of the ball. He ran 15 times for 100 yards and two scores. Down 14 to seven in the first half, South Windsor ties the game on a tip pass touchdown by Sly Elder from Mitch Chavez, and then went ahead 21 to 14 at halftime on a short TD run by Sherwood. Second half, Joe Bemis with a great catch and the 55 yard touchdown run to put South Windsor up two scores, 28 to 14. Enfield quarterback Zach Benini gets them back within one score on a short touchdown run, and he had Enfield in South Windsor territory early in the fourth quarter, threatening to tie the game. But on the snap at about the South Windsor 30-yard line, he fumbled, and it was recovered by Bemis for South Windsor. Enfield did get the ball back, backed up on its own seven. Benini busts loose for a big 30-yard run over to midfield, and he was clearly hobbled by an injury and just didn't have the breakaway speed here. Still, he gave Enfield a chance to tie this game late, but Enfield turned the ball over on downs, and then after getting the ball back for one more shot at it, Sherwood picks off this pass to end the game. South Windsor off to the Class L playoffs, their first postseason berth since 2017. They were 1-9 last year, and now they are playoff bound. And here's Sherwood. What made it happen, I think, uh... The teamwork, the bond, and uh, just like the, the fight we have this season, we didn't want to have a rerun of last season, go one and nine. And this team, I'm very proud of this team right now. We're, we're fighting, every quarter we're fighting, and that's really it, we're just going to playoffs. Practice this week, it was very serious. There was no one joking around. We, we studied their, their plays, we, we, we knew. We knew we had it on top before before we even played them. We knew we had it. We knew we had the dub. You've been through this before. The players have it. What are the most important things to get done in the next 10 days as you prepare for your quarterfinal? Well, I learned a long, long time ago um, with Weaver when we went for our first playoff game and we made a big, big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the right approach and I've learned since then. This It's another game. It's another opponent. We're going to work to get better like we've done every day, every week, and we're going to go play it like we would anybody in our schedule, as hard and as well as we can play. How many days are you going to give them off, though? Not many. Not many. <laughs> not many. We don't usually give them many. They ain't getting many now. You also heard a little bit from Coach David Hodge, whose team now gets a break to see where they land in the Class L playoffs. Enfield, at this point, it's pretty much uh, a done deal for them in Class L because there are seven of eight spots already accounted for. Naugatuck, New Canaan, Newtown, Maloney, South Windsor, Shelton, and Darianne, which also backed in. They don't need to be New Canaan this time. They are now already in the playoffs. And the last spot will go to Killingly if Killingly defeats Woodstock Academy on Thanksgiving Day. So uh, failing that, maybe New Milford could squeeze in there, but it's probably... Uh, going to be killingly for that last spot. What a class this is. A very tough class uh, between Nagy, New Cannon, Newtown, and, and Maloney. Maybe some uh, rematches in here. Obviously, Shelton will beat New Cannon early on in the season. Maybe Darien, New Cannon rematch. Uh, you know, it, it'll be very fascinating in Class L. And then finally, moving over to Class Double L, Manchester, despite getting ripped 40-33 to by East Hartford, 
still managed to clinch a spot here, along with New Britain, which easily defeated Hartford Public to earn its first class double playoff berth since 2018. So that's six of eight spots accounted for. Greenwich, obviously, number one. Staples, number two. West Haven, number three. Those are the top three seeds. It's just a matter of where they end up. If Greenwich beats Staples, they're number one. If Staples beats Greenwich, there's a chance West Haven can get in over them and be the number one seed, or a chance that Staples will be the number one seed. If they, were t- if they tie, however, it would go to, and West Haven already beat Staples, it would be a tiebreaker. But uh, that'll be fascinating too. Southington also very close to having a uh, a, a home game there too. Uh, the the last two spots come down to Stanford. If it can beat winless West Hill, which it should, would clinch its first state playoff berth since 1995 when they faced and lost to Trumbull in the semifinals. Uh, and then that would be one spot remaining. And that's going to basically come down to Kennedy, which needs to beat Crosby on Thanksgiving, or Fairfield Prep, which is three and six, winners of three straight, playing West Haven's going to get a ton of points. If those two teams win, it's going to be very close. Well, also With also East Hartford in the mix there, possibly. But uh, there is a very good chance Fairfield Prep could get in this at uh, four and six, maybe if Kennedy loses the cross, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, so, uh, and they get enough points, but that would be fascinating to see. And then maybe, you know, next thing you know, they could be back at Greenwich where they uh, started the season all those months ago. So that is Class L, and that is the short, short version of the CIAC playoff situation heading into Thanksgiving week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So like I said before, keep an eye out on Game Time CT, we'll have updates all throughout the week as results come in. But before we get to Pete and the picks, we have a little bit of house cleaning to do and recapping the weekend NEPSAC Bowl Championship games involving five Connecticut prep schools. I caught two of them, and let me tell you, they were both tremendous. Starting up Friday night at Samosa Field, the runner-up Drew Gamir Bowl between Founders League second place Avon All Farms looking for a fourth straight bowl win and Northeast Preps Cheshire Academy looking for its first title since 2016 and first under coach Bill Mella who took over this year. Cheshire Academy's top two players are clearly and Luke Reynolds off Penn State next year and Bridgeport's Eli Newby who's committed to the University of Southern California. And let me tell you, they showed out in their final game. Avon All Farms up 7-0, and Newby appeared to tie the game on this insane catch and run. He split the defenders and went all the way down the sidelines to apparently tie the game. But after a whole bunch of discussion with the referees, and I didn't even see any flags flying, they pulled his points off the board. Bill Mella not happy, and uh, without anybody seeing any flags, and I was told afterward that they did throw it, but without anybody seeing it, it was really confusing, especially on the Cheshire Academy sidelines. But afterward, I was told what it was, was it was a, he was an ineligible receiver because he lined up in a certain formation that was only caught afterward and they pulled his points off the board, much to everyone's chagrin. I'd never ever seen anything like that before. No worries though, Dante Reno in his final high school game, the South Carolina commit hits Reynolds with a 30 yard touchdown pass, two plays later, it's 7-7. Avon Old Farms gets into position thanks to a nice catch and run by our guy Brandon Hutchinson, which sets up Connor Cronin with a 13-yard touchdown pass from Georgia commit Ryan Puglisi. And it looked like that would be the halftime score, 14-7 Avon All Farms. But with seconds to go in the half, watch this. Reno, 
to Reynolds over the middle. Flip to Newby, who goes in on the hook and lateral play. Wow, at the buzzer, one of the best plays I've seen all year. Tied up, 14 all. Nothing doing until late in the third quarter. The team started trading haymakers. After Chris White puts Cheshire Academy up, 21-14 on this short TV run. Awan Off Farm's Owen Moreland, who'd had a great season, scores his second TD of the game on a 78-yard scoring run. But even that was short-lived when on the ensuing kickoff, Tristan Washington, the former Cheshire Ram out of New Haven, takes the ensuing kickoff 92 yards to the house. That's three touchdowns in 28 seconds. My goodness, in his 28-21 Cheshire Academy after three. Avon Law Farms fumbled the ball away, but Owen Moreland picks off Reno and gets the ball back. And Avon Law Farms eventually ties the game up on his short touchdown run with 5.08 remaining. But with under a minute left, right after Reynolds pulls his way in for a first down on fourth and three, it's Reno to Reynolds. South Carolina commit to Penn State commit with the fingertip tippy-toe catch, just in bounds. Touchdown, Cheshire Academy. Hugh Bedlam, 35 to 28, with 36 seconds to go, and Chris White seals it with an interception. Cheshire Academy rushes the field amid Bedlam at Samosa Field to celebrate their 35-28 victory over Avon All Farms in the Drew Gamir Bowl, their first title since 2017. And the Cats, after going 3-6 and six last year and then stumbling with two losses in their final three regular season games, walk off as champions in the Drew Gamera Bowl. And uh, what can you say? Just a great effort all around. Great game all around. And uh, here is Newby and Reynolds and Coach Bill Mella. I mean, it's week 10. We put in a lot of work this preseason all the way throughout the season. So just being here with the opportunity to go against a great team like Avon means a lot. Coach, Coach Mello did a great job getting the locker room right. Uh, when he say that, he just means the connection, the brotherhood. It all starts in the locker room. And then from day one, we uh, established that. And then now, we champions. You know, we had some ups and downs near the end of the season. I don't think we were fully locked in, but we all knew we had to come together for this one. It's going to be a tough one. We were down a couple guys. Uh, so everyone had to step up, and everyone knew we had to buy into this game. You know, Everyone wants that ring. So Eli gets, the, gets his TD wiped out. You know, Tell me about, you know, you guys, what were you cooking up there in the huddle? There was only like two seconds left. Uh, we, were, we were cooking up everything. We were drawing up everything that we could. We had a couple plays this week that we put in just to mess with them. Uh, and we, we actually hit it at the end of the half where I pitched it back to Eli. So even though we got a touchdown wipe, we still got it at the end of the game. We've been cooking that up. Coach Ecky been cooking that up for a few years and finally he got it and luckily me and Luke could be the one to execute that. Tell me about that touchdown catch. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, Reno and I actually came out uh, pre-game and had some of the catches just like it so just another day in the office. Yeah everything's full circle you know they're a great team coached really well got a lot of great players uh, so I wish them the best moving forward but uh, at the end of the day one team's got to win so I'm, I'm proud of my team and my teammates. It's a really special group and they have been from the beginning when I was announced as the head coach and um, I'm, I'm just so fortunate to have had the opportunity 
to work with these kids and and to watch what they were able to do even stumbling you know they took this as this was something that was one of our goals and and they crushed it um, I just, I, I, right now I can't be more proud I just can't I love these kids they're awesome then on Saturday after catching the South Windsor game I rushed back down the hand to catch the thrilling conclusion of the Joe Lang Bowl between Hamden Hall hosting Dexter Southfield, Massachusetts. Hamden Hall came in, winners of eight straight. They lost their opening game to Long Island Lutheran, trying to cap Hamden Hall's first championship season since 2017 when they finished off back-to-back seasons with titles for Coach Joe Linta, who preordained them uh, his best overall team. They were up 27 to 14, but in the fourth quarter, Dexter Southfield rallied with two touchdowns to take a 28 to 27 lead with 313 remaining. And Hamden Hall season on the brink. They faced fourth and five from midfield. And Fairfield's Charlie Goldblum with the wide open TD pass to New Haven's Keanu Johnson, 55 yards out, 141 left. My goodness, Ryan Skoronsky with the two-point conversion to put them up 35 to 28. But Dexter wasn't finished. They got a short field thanks to a nice return by Michael Thomas and were at the four-yard line. Fourth and goal, time for one more play. And they got it. Quarterback Joe McCauley hit Michael Bonsu for the touchdown. And what would they do? Well, they just scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Of course, they're going to go for it. On the ensuing two-point conversion run, Direct snap to Quinn Carter, who goes into the line, twists his body, outstretches his hand at the goal line, and loses the ball. But it, was he in? Was he in? No! Hamden Hall takes it 35 to 14 in a real, real close call. An absolute nail biter. But Ash Wasserman from Hamden was there to make the initial contact and stop and hope for reinforcements. And they got it. And Hamden Hall walks off as champions, winners of uh, nine straight games after losing their season over and made a seer out of uh, Coach Joe Linta, who, again, called it his best team ever, or one of his best team ever. Uh, but, hey, that's what great players do, Coach says. They make plays, and here's here's Linta. Yeah, I knew this team was going to be good in the beginning of the year, but like, it's just, we stumbled in the first week, had some injury issues, but they just ran the table through what's a very, very tough Evergreen League, and these guys are an Evergreen opponent also. And they just, and we just have a lot of good players. It has nothing to do with coaching. These guys are great players. And not only are they good players and multiple offer guys here and all that, but the way they play and the way they've come back from adversity three of the last four weeks and been down, come back, and right on the edge of losing the game, they just come back and make a play, and we just make plays. And I always tell them big guys make big plays in big games, and they did it today. So this, was, this was that. Could you believe you're a wide, a wide open you were? Actually, I, uh, I looked at the ball and I kind of looked like glanced back and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> it's time." Uh, I mean, it was surreal. Like just everybody cheering. Like after I scored, I looked back at the stands. Everybody's jumping around. Just you know, great. I mean, it was tough. They were they were really big up front. And they were moving us the last couple of drives, but we we had to back down the hatches. You know, we plug up those holes. You know, I saw the uh, quarterback open up to my side. The tackles came out. I plugged that hole, grabbed the legs. Rest was history. So, could you, you know, believe it? Could you believe it? Like... No, I mean, I I, I I was I had them wrapped up, and then everybody fell on my legs. So I, I it was I was hurting a little bit, but uh, you know, we 
we came together, you know, gang tackle as a team, and that's that's really what it's about. You know, we came together, stopped them on the goal line, and I, that was it. It's a great feeling. I mean, we 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 faced so much adversity, and we you know we got 27 guys in the roster. You know, we got guys going both ways. We got we got a, a lot of seniors going to colleges, so it's really it's really a great feeling sending them off on a high note. And it, it's just it's just so it's so good to, for me to play with them. You also heard from Kiana Johnson on his touchdown pass, and then obviously Ash Wasserman. It's funny that Hamden Hall juniors are the guys who uh, who delivered this championship uh, victory, 35-34 over Texas Southfield, and to sent the seniors out as winners. But, uh, yeah, look out for them next year. They should be pretty good. So that will do it from the prep schools. Uh, obviously, the other games, congratulations go out to Jim Stone and Canterbury School, which defeated Worcester Academy 17-13 to to win Canterbury's first bowl game since – 2003 and the first of Jim Stone's tenure. So congrats to him and the Saints. And then obviously in the big bowl, the Leon Modest bowl between Choate and Phillips Exeter. Choate came away with a 17-14 victory, took a 17-0 halftime lead on touchdown runs from Matt Diaz and Pearson Hill. Carson Hill had a punt block that set up his brother's TD and they hung on for dear life to win that game 17-14 to win the sixth Undefeated season for uh, Coach LJ Spinato in nine seasons, which is just utter chaos. It's just ridiculous. So congratulations to them. A, a great season. So with uh, the uh, prep school information and season out of the way, we now move to the regular season finale and the picks. Pete. Yeah, it's been a wild week. We saw a couple of 10 and O's finally for the first time this year. A lot of nine and ones. Everyone is still available to kind of win this we have a lot of games coming up but quickly just got it in the mail we just did a little unboxing off air but the trophy is here wow hey look at that look how beautiful this thing is look at that even says custom etsy baby etsy so now this will sit over my desk until it is claimed by Someone, hopefully me, so it doesn't have to leave, but it will sit on my desk next to the eight ball before a champion is claimed, or for the championship is claimed. And right at the top of the standing, Sean Barker clings to a one game lead. He is 74 and 26, which is pretty crazy. I went back and looked at last year's standings. Dave Stewart was leading going into Thanksgiving with 68 correct answers. So Barker is six games up. On where Dave Stewart was last year. Wow. It's been, I got to uh, go back. He might be at a historic pace. Oh, I, I mean, go back is, back. It, is it him or is it the, the, the picks this year or just been a little easier? Maybe the picks have been a little easier. I have, I'm 68 and 32 this year <laughs> and I'm in seventh place. Wow. Where were you compared last year? I did not do well last year. <laughs> so, but here's the thing everyone is really in play because. We're picking 20 games this week for Thanksgiving. So the show, this segment's going to be a little longer. Picking 20 games. And then next week, or quarterfinals week, we're picking 24 games. Then 12, then 6. So there's a lot, 40, there's 62 games left to pick. Wow. It's all right. Plenty plenty of of time left. Plenty of time to make up games. This yeah, is like this could be September 1978 for someone like Chris McNamee. All right, Sean, we got 20 games. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go, man. Bet 
Start now. We'll be here till Christmas. All right. So we're going to start in the SWC Massic. With everything that's going on in that program, they are 7-2 going on the road to Newtown on Thanksgiving Eve. The Nighthawks are 8-1. Overall, Newtown leads the series 15-10-1. And they've won 9 out of the last 10 with Massick's last win coming on a last-second field goal in 2021. Sean, who do you like for this one? Can Massick kind of, you know, focus everything away and just focus on the game at hand? And can they knock off Newtown? Pete, given everything that has happened at Massick this year, the whole coaching turmoil, the Board of Education investigation, uh, all that stuff, we saw last week or the week before, uh, just how good Massa can be when they put their minds on something. And, you know, I, I, we gave a lot on the podcast last week. We gave a lot of credit to the seniors for putting together a big, big time win over New Milford. You know, here's the one thing I think is a little undersung about Massa this year. Their defense is fantastic. It's got a, a lot of juniors on it, too. You know, you got guys like Eli Belazor or uh, Ryan Putnam, number nine. Uh, just a lot of dudes on that team that they just fly to the ball. And, uh, you know, yeah, we got Champagne. Yeah, you got Rob Klanek, quarterback, who's been playing pretty well since since coming back from injury. You have the Walker Twins. Uh, just a lot of good dudes. I'm a little worried about Newtown. Got some great guys, Attic and Co. Uh, but the quarterback situation worries me a little bit. But, uh, you know, Bunnell gave them a nice little run. Now, Bunnell's a pretty good team, too. I, but the thing is, I love Massick's defense. And I think their offense might be just a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's always a tough game. Um, there was a stretch like a few years in a row where Massive just absolutely dominated. But then the pendulum swung the other way, and it was Newtown uh, all the way. Uh, this is one of the, the better matchups. Not a lot at stake. Not a lot of playoffs at stake. But uh, certainly is certainly seeding and obviously bragging rights between these two communities. Uh, I'm going to go with Massive here, Pete. I don't know. I just feel like I I feel like they got some. I feel like these, especially the seniors, they got something to prove to everybody that listen. You know, we don't even need coaches yet. We we, we could call this game ourselves. So I'm gonna go with Massick here. Uh, it's good that you're impressed by uh, Massick's defense because the last time I saw them, they got torched by Bloomfield. Um, Massick's great. I think everything that you know. Hope and Champagne and Klein and the leaders of that team have done this year is really impressive. That said, Newtown's got some dudes, right? Yes, if if Cardova is is out and and Schaffstall uh, is yeah. playing, he played really well last week. He he managed. He can do things with his feet. They still got JJ Haddock. They still have Aiden Powell's. And look, here's a guy that we really haven't spoken about a lot this year: Jaden Taylor, 42 catches, 12 touchdowns. Oh yeah. Uh, Newtown can move the ball. Uh, I'm going with the Nighthawks in this game. I think they keep the streak going. Um, you know, massive, great regular season. Obviously, they're going to go to the playoffs and things can happen. And uh, they have a lot more to, to kind of prove. But I'm going to go with Newtown uh, for this one. All right, Sean, we're going to go to another Wednesday night game. Fairfield Prep going to Ken Strong to play the 8-1 and one Blue Devils. Uh, West Haven leads this series between uh, these bitter rivals, uh, 17 to 10. Fairfield Prep has won six in a row. And last year, they beat West Haven when West Haven was 9 and 0. West Haven was the number one team coming out of the Hamden 
uh, coming out of the Hamden win. They go into Fairfield Prep. They lose. Then they lost in the first round to Glastonbury in a big upset. West Haven's got to be pissed. I don't care what Fairfield Prep's record. West Haven has a lot to prove in this game this season. Um, I'm going to go first on this one. I think what Fairfield Prep, I think this is a great story. They're back in the mix. They're causing a little bit of chaos. I kind of love it, but man, West Haven is so good. Obviously, Armani Reed, Cam Kemp, Aiden Coe, DeMarco Edie, Nick Conlon. We can go down the list of how talented West Haven is. And because of that, I'm going with West Haven. I think this Blue Devils team is special. And I think a win on Thanksgiving Eve will kickstart what could be a deep run in the double L playoffs. Sean, who do you like? Pete, I was shocked to learn that West Haven has not won this game since 2016. That is unbelievable to me. Now, I know that they haven't been great a couple of those, a few of those years, but, you know, there's been some close calls. Like, there was one year, all right, 16, 63 to 12. Okay. Lost 28 to nothing. Uh, no, yeah, lost 28 to nothing in 19. And then uh, the last two years, it's been 21 to 6 and 28 to 7. There was also that other game, 21 to 14 and 27. This was a game West Haven used to pretty much dominate back in, back when I first started. But uh, I think they finally break the trend this year. West Haven just has so many dudes. And I know, listen, uh, Fairfield Prep's got some guys too. And, uh, and you know, and especially like Finbar Malloy at receiver. Um, you know, and they're making a nice run of this. But, you know, I think West Haven, uh, they can kind of they can kind of sense. They they can kind of sense that, uh, that things have been going great for them since they were lost to North Haven. Like you said, uh, Reed's been great. I, I just have a hard, hard time. So many talented players. And, I, you know, and prep struggle. Let's remember, like, yeah, they're making a run here. But, you know, they played against some good teams, and they got beat pretty soundly. So I think West Haven's just uh, the best team in the conference. I know it's Thanksgiving week, but I got I to gotta go. I got to stay with the Westies here. All right, we're going to go to Thanksgiving morning in the CTC. Northwest United, 9-0, going to Abbott Tech Immaculate. This is a great game. Two of the best teams in the CTC. This rivalry, this storied rivalry is playing its third game. Northwest United has won uh, the first two. And uh, Northwest United has a chance to extend their their regular season win streak, I think might be close to like 25, 26. Um, and they have a chance to finish a regular season unbeaten for the second straight season. This is a program that didn't win a game for like four years before they added Nanawa, which is saying a little bit of something. But Northwest United has been the best team in the CTC the last couple of years. Ben Ben Roden is phenomenal. Uh, Barksdale, Reed Werner, they got receivers that guys can make plays. And then ATI, obviously, on the other side. Super talented. Great coach and Chris Pace. Sean, who do you like in this one? Can can the workhorses wrap up the regular season at 10 and up? Yeah, oof. <laughs> this is a this is a tough one. Uh, at Mustang Valley, um, you know, two tech school, not tech school. They're, they're both uh, they're both uh, co-op programs masquerading as a CTC uh, tech school programs. Remember that's uh, you know these these are good these are these these teams that could do well in the Pequot. Let's put that let's put it that way. Uh, that said, um, I I have a hard time picking against Northwest. Northwest United, and I keep I keep uh, thinking that uh, somebody's going to bite them, but Rowan's been so good this year, and nobody seems to have an answer for him in that conference, especially in that conference. So I'm going to kind of cash my chick. I'm going to put my chips on the table uh, on Roden, and uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the workhorses. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with the workhorses as well. Um, I think I picked them to finish the season undefeated back in week one. 
nothing against ATI. I just, I just think that they, this is a very talented group for the CTC, and they'll wrap it with a nice bow at ten and zero, and then see who they get in the playoffs. All right, so we're going to the FCAC. We have eight and one Staples going on the road to Cardinal Stadium to play the nine and zero Greenwich Cardinals. Um, this series, real tight. Staples took the lead of the series last year, nine eight, when they beat Greenwich. 39 to 38 in a wild one at Staples High. Um, Greenwich had been on a five game win streak before Staples win. So Staples is on a one game win streak. Um, these are two of the best teams in the state, two of the best teams in double L. The results of this game can send, you know, waves throughout double L in terms of the seeding. Right, if you're in double L, you want to be the one seed to avoid the two and three until the championship. Right, so this game is must win. Greenwich wins; they're the number one seed. They don't have to play West Haven or Staples until the championship. If everything breaks the way that we think it's going to, and if Staples wins, they're the one seed. They will avoid Greenwich or West Haven until the finals. Yeah, if I read our playoff scenarios right now, obviously things can change, but this is huge. For both of these teams, must win, right? You want to avoid either of those teams until the championship. You don't want to have to play two top five teams back-to-back in six days. Um, So, for this one, uh, I'm going to go with Greenwich here. I think Greenwich gets back in the win column of this series. Uh, I've been voting them number one all year. I think they're the best team in the state. They have the... um, You know what they're going to do. They're going to play sound offense. They're going to play sound defense. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to get burned. They're not going to get ran out of the building. Okay. I've seen Staples, you know, get dominated by West Haven. Um, Obviously, that was like 11 weeks ago and a lot of things changed, right? Caleb Smith is going to have to do a lot of great things in this game. Staples cannot run the ball without Caleb Smith. And Greenwich doesn't really let teams run on them, right? So this is going to be the Caleb Smith game. If he has a great game, Staples can win this game. But right now, I'm putting my money uh, on the Greenwich defense. I'm going to put it on Rocco Grillo, the offensive line for moving the ball and being able to score points. I'm going with Greenwich. They're going to complete the regular season undefeated at 10-0. Sean, who do you like? Is George Vambalakis playing? Do we know that? We don't know that. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's going to hurt him a little bit if he's not able to go. He's been kind of – he was in the last game. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I agree with you, Pete. Listen – Greenwich, just to me right now, is just the more complete team. Even if I'm locked play, they have other guys who can run the ball, and they Grillo who can throw the ball. Um, and they have guys in the receiving core, obviously. And the dudes are up front. I mean, it's going to be tough to stop them. Staples defense has been pretty good. I think they will have to have a good shot. But as you mentioned, it all comes down to Caleb Smith. Can Caleb Smith move the ball uh, against this Greenwich defense? Um, you know, if the Greenwich defense, they're going to go hard after him running the ball, and they're going to dare him. To, to beat him, him and his receivers, to beat them. They got good cover guys, Greenwich. They got Singa at linebacker. He can basically, you know, help. He can basically, he's the stopper on most teams' run games all by himself. Um, and then they got guys uh, on the on the ends. And uh, it's it's going to be very tough to move the ball against them. I mean, I think Staples and Cables were so good. I think they will. But I think Greenwich gets enough stops. You know, uh, if I'm a... It, if I'm Greenwich's defense, I'm I'm more worried about him doing damage with his feet than with his arm because I feel like I can cover their receivers. Um, I can kind of put a stop to the passing game. We'll see if Staples can throw and they can you know they can keep him honest. 
it might all be a much different game. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm going with the Cardinals. Yep, agreed. All right, to the SEC. This one's a Wednesday nighter. Guilford, great season for Guilford, no matter what happens in this game. Just an unbelievable first season for Coach White and the Grizzlies. They're going to the surf club to play Daniel Hand. The resurgent and beneficial of the SEC Tier 2 schedule, Hand Tigers. Uh, great season by Hand. Eric Becker, great job. This rivalry is only a rivalry due to where town lines were drawn many, many, many years ago. This game on paper is not a rivalry. They have played, this will be the 50th time that they play. Hand has Hand leads the series 43-5-1. Yikes. The last time Guilford won was 2006. The fall of 2006, I was in my junior year of high school. Scott Benoit's Guilford team. You know, he came yep. in there. He, he cleaned up this town. Uh, he finally did it. And that was like, come, Hand had won a state championship two years prior, and they were on the rebuilding, man. They would, you know, the next year, 2007, uh, they would obviously go on and win a state championship again. So, you know, it was uh, that they were just learning back then. But now it's a much tougher, different, different spot, though. Am I going first? Sorry. I yeah, you are going first. I am going first here. All right. Pete, uh, you know, actually, Guilford got you gave him a run, I think, if I remember correctly. Last, last year, yes, they did. Yeah, gave it a shot, and I thought they were going to pull it off, and and and, uh, and I think they would have qualified if they had won that game, uh, or or thereabouts. I don't remember, but listen, Hand is a tier two team, is a tier one team masquerading as a tier two team. Um, you know, get them up, get them back up to the top. Jeez. That that said, though, it is they uh, they do play in Class M, so maybe. Uh, may, Figure out a way to balance your schedule <laughs> somehow. But hey, listen. That said, they've done an exceptional job with the teams that have been on their schedule. In fact, they haven't allowed a point uh, leading into uh, you know they didn't allow a point for a, for a huge stretch there. So um, you know, yeah, Guilford coming in. You know, Guilford. The one game you look at is just Hill House. Man, what the heck happened there? And uh, the the answer is it's just you know. Is Guilford as good as their record? And that's kind of the question everybody wants. And that's the, that's where they're putting it all on the line in this game. At the surf club, though, with some spot. Hand has just been so dominant. I picked them to win a state championship the preseason in Class M. I, I'm going hand. I mean, you know. Yeah, look, Guilford, Guilford, we thought they would have a good season. Obviously, Tyler Hilgert is in his third year right. as the quarterback. He's having a phenomenal season. Uh, Hill, Hilliner, who transferred in. Hillier. Uh, Hillier, he has, you know, made his impact known. Um, this is hand is different than any team that they've played this year. It's probably the uh, best skill for team they've played in, played, played in a while. I would, it's, yeah. uh, it's up there. I mean, there was probably a couple, one a couple years ago. It was good. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is the best team that they've faced all year. And, uh, I'm going to go with the Tigers over the Grizzlies, a nice little circus fight um right because the tigers and bears all right the wizard of oz all right anyway i'm going with that all right now we're going into the fun names side of the picks we have in the pequot we have the route 17 bowl north brantford goes on the road i'm assuming on route 17 to play Coggenshog, east hampton and hail ray this is the seventh meeting between the two on thanksgiving the series is tied at 2-2 North Brantford has won the last two by a combined score of 97 
to 24. I'm going first on this one. I am not making the same mistake that I made a couple of weeks ago. I am picking North Brantford. I am picking Tommy Hansen. I am picking AJ Siegel. I am pitching, picking Coach Salvati. I am going with the Thunderbirds. I am not making the same mistake. Coggenshock's schedule has been very kind to them. North Brantford, much better team. They are going to win this game easily. Sean, who do you like? I'm 100% with you. Coggenshock might be the Guilford of the Pequot League. You know, their schedule has been very light. Yeah, and they had, they had one game pushed off uh, till uh, week 10, and then they resumed it. They were down two touchdowns, and they, they gave up 30 points um, to Cromwell Port. So, uh, you know, I know and I know they're anxious to prove themselves, and this is a spot. Everyone's looking at you guys going, oh, I don't know. You look at the schedule. You know, there's some teams in there that you guys probably shouldn't have lost, especially that badly. Uh, so this is your this is your chance. This is your chance to kind of show what you guys got. I mean, playoff bound. Uh, and we'll see about how that goes. But uh, for now, this is this is a chance to prove it. Maybe even to yourself, too. That said, I'm going to go with the T-Birds. Uh, I think they are much more battle-tested. And they are, uh, they've got some they got some players there that I, I, Siegel had an amazing game the other uh, two weeks ago uh, against uh, against Morgan, Old Saybrook, Westbrook. Uh, I just, you know, I won't make the same mistake either, Pete. I'm going to go with all right, up to the ECC, we have the battle for Ledyard Short. Fitch at 8-1 and one going on the road to Ledyard to play the 4-5. and five. What is Ledyard's nickname? The 4-5 and five Bunicors. Oh. Um, oh, what are they? They're the Colonels. The Colonels. Colonels. The 4-5 and five Colonels. Um, look, Ledyard's been on an absolute tear recently, the new single-wing offense. Um, they are 4-5. and five. Ledyard leads the series 10-8. But Fitch has won six straight. Here's the thing. Last year, we picked this game. Ledyard had a much better overall season, obviously a lot smaller than Fitch, played a different schedule in the ECC. Ledyard had James Green. They were so talented. And you know what? Fitch won. Um, this year, Fitch is 8-1. and one. Ledyard's kind of down a little bit. Sean, can Ledyard's single wing play spoiler here for Fitch on Thanksgiving? I think not. I think the Fitch is going to win this game. Uh... Going into the playoffs, they've been really good all season. Ledger, listen, it's going to be a little tricky because Ledger's running the single wing, and they've really come on of late. And uh, you know, look out for them next year. I think they're they're a team back on the rise. Uh, you know, this has always been a great game. I think they'll be competitive. I mean, there's not a whole ton that. I mean, Fitch is playing for like whether he might get a home game, uh, but uh, I have a hard time. There's just so many weapons on Fitch. I have a hard time picking against. I'm going to go with. Tom. All right. We're going to stay up in the ECC for the 161st meeting between Norwich Free Academy, who is 3-6, and six, and New London, who is 5-4. and four. NFA leads the series 81-68-11. to 68 to 11. But NFA has won four straight in the series. For all the struggles that NFA has had, they have been able to win on Thanksgiving, maybe having less trouble than New London has. But New London, what a great season. Five and four, first year under coach Bobby Sanchez. Uh, the Whalers look like they're on the straight and narrow, the right path to becoming a competitive team in the state again. And I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to go with New London. I think they end the season with a huge exclamation point on this season, and it and it's going to you know help push the New London program forward. Uh, for Bobby Sanchez heading into season two, Sean, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I like. Uh, I also like New uh, New London as well. 
And NFA's done a nice job as well. I mean, like that's the mark. You know, teams struggled begin the year. There's a lot of moving pieces you got to kind of get going. Some teams need to do it better than others, and those are the teams that end up going to the playoffs. You know, because again, it's, this is you get a you have a short time to build your team up, and you try and do it over the off season. Uh, so you know, when you, you got all those things, you, you work all you work everything out. Maybe the schedule has a little bit to do with it, but. If you start winning or start playing better toward the end of the year, that's the best thing for a coach. You know, that means you, what you're saying and what you're trying to show those kids is really kind of having an impact team-wide. And so both teams should be commended for that because they, they've really come on uh, uh, toward the end of the year. That said, I'm going to go with uh, New London. I just think they're just a little bit better this year. Um, you know, I think they're going to, you know, it's a springboard. Both of them are going to have a springboard. This game's always competitive. It's always a fun game. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with the Whalers. I just think uh, you know down the road they'll be great. Uh, well, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, Whalers. All right, the generic Turkey Bowl. Darien uh, seven and two, going to Dunning to play the eight and one Rams. This is a great rivalry for a lot of reasons, other but clearly not for on the field. New Canaan leads this series twenty to eight. New Canaan has won five in a row. New Canaan has not lost this game since Drew Pine's freshman year. Oh, yeah. 2016. Yeah. An all-time great. I have a picture of it up there. Yeah. Right there. Who's was that? Uh, Finlay Collins interception. In oh, no, no, yeah, in overtime. Yep. So, Darian has not really won this game in a while. Um, and Darian is on the rise. 7-2. and two, Great first season under coach Andy Grant. They're going up against a really good new Canaan team. Oh, Sean, you get to go first on this one. I didn't want to tip my pick, but you get to go first. Yeah, it was a good game last year, even though Darian was really struggling. And uh, the the big controversy, why they go for it, was fourth and short, fourth and inches, basically. And did they should they shouldn't they have kicked it? And you know they just were going for the gusto there. And I like both teams like that. Ended up keeping them out of the playoffs, if you really want to be honest. But hey, they still could have they still had to play overtime if not. Uh, this is a great game, you know. I, it's hard to say. I, I want to say New Canaan. I mean, New Canaan's clearly the better team all, all season long. At their field, really tough. You know, Alex DeVento is just tremendous. He's probably the best player on the field. Uh, they have, he's, he'll be going up against the Twin Towers uh, of, of Darien. And, uh, you know, I so I think the Blue Wave are going to be right in this game. I think it's going to give them a show, um, especially with a playoff berth on the line. A win, and they are in, and a loss, and they're in trouble. Uh, so they don't want to. They don't want to have uh, any type of uh, issues with that. But that said, uh, I really like Darian. Sorry, I really like. Excuse me. I really like New Canaan's defense. Probably one of the best in the state still. Uh, the guys this year have pick, picked up the mantle from last year's team and run with it. Uh, at Dunning, I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I. Uh, fun fact: Last year, Darian obviously they did not kick the field goal at the end, but they did kick a field goal earlier in the game. Yes. And the person that kicked that field goal's name was Tucker Stevens. Right now, Tucker Stevens is now on the New Canaan football team, and if he kicks a field goal in the game, he'll become the first player in the history uh, of the Turkey Bowl to kick a field goal for both teams in the Turkey Bowl. There you go. So first drive, New Canaan go down the field, take three. Um, you know, Tucker Stevens was on the sideline with the chance to tie the game last year, and they didn't go with him. So maybe he gets an opportunity to win it this year for New Canaan. Mm. Maybe, you oh, know, man. right a wrong uh, in that story 
But that's what you, you know, you brought up a good point. You brought up Alex Benevent on the defense, a player that I just love watching play. I know you do too. Miles Chisholm, uh, the big DT for New Canaan's defense, is just a wall. I'm telling you, you go watch that film against Wilton, that final drive where Wilton had a chance with a minute left and Miles Chisholm was all over Joey Haggerty for three straight plays. Knocked him out of like a long field goal range, got them the ball back. They went to overtime. They won the game. He, I mean, Benevento is a star. Miles Chisholm is right up there in terms yeah. of potential first team All-State players. Just an absolute stud. That defense is so good. And no one makes adjustments better than New Canaan. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, in the generic turkey bowl. All right, we are going to the 10th game. We're almost at the halfway point. We have the 122nd meeting between Naugatuck. The Greyhounds are 9-0. They're going to Jarvis to play Ansonia. Fully charged up at 9-0. This game is always great. This game will, if the proposal doesn't go through for the expanded playoffs and get rid of Thanksgiving, it's going to be because of this game. Um, not really, but it's going to be the two loudest people are going to be about this game. This game is great. This game, you could argue this game is Thanksgiving in Connecticut. Um, it's, it's, it's just a special game. You, you want to add something, Sean? I know you do. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to, it's not always great. (laughs) (laughs) There have been some great moments. I mean, 94, uh, 2010 was the Naugatuck finally winning. Um, then there was the the one a couple of years ago. They finally won again, breaking Antonio's ten year win streak against the NVL. Uh, so, and there's been plenty of great Antonio performances over the years. You know, the running backs just going yard. Um, you know, there's also the, the great game. I think it was a year before. I think it was 2018 or 70. It was. There's been some good wins. And yes, you are 100 correct. If uh, it is going to be people like you know Mayor uh, Mayor Cassetti, who's you gotta you can't have lose Thanksgiving. Rockets beating the drum, you know, so that they're at the forefront of uh, keeping Thanksgiving the, uh, the the capital of the Connecticut sports uh, as far as days go. But anyway, uh, should I go first or is that you or you're going first? Um, I'll let you go first, but just quickly, Ansonia leads the series 77-35-10 in yeah. 10. Uh, and Ansonia has won 17 of the last 19 meetings. Yeah. They lost, like you said, in 2010 and 2021. And that 2021 one was a real head-scratcher because Naugatuck actually came into that game 8-1 and one with a loss to Torrington. Oh, yeah. But Torrington ended up going to the M semifinals that year. So, anyway, but Sean, why don't you go first on this one? You've been there. You've covered this game before. Give us a little insight. I actually have not seen Nogtuck this year. You have. Um, and all I know is that Jed Hall is ridiculous. One of the best players in the state. Um, and uh, Antonio's going to have their hands full stopping him. Um, you know, but Antonia, you know, I have a, I, I, at Jarvis, I have a hard time thinking against Antonio. I, really, I, know, I know that's where Nogtuck beat him uh, the last time. Last, two years ago, they beat him there. Okay, granted. Um, you know, and... Uh, and Sonia is not, you know, maybe not last, still not last year's team. You know, we knew kind of going in that Antonio was just rolling through people, Setti, you know, and now it's a different cast of characters. Um, you know, guy really you should look out for is uh, Preston Zabina and was been playing great, had a great game against Oxford. You know, they need to get him into the mix, especially on defense. He's been pretty good. Um, you know, 
uh, the, uh, the 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 D linemen, the the linebackers. I mean, they're uh, you know, and Makai Ingram and, and Richards, and I think there's just a lot more weapons on Antonio than maybe Nogatuck. Where Nogatuck is just kind of like ride or die with Jet and let him do things and maybe get the other guys involved. That said, I'm just going to go with the Chargers. Um, so there you go. Uh, Eddie Lego can uh, can rest easy. I'll pick the Chargers. Okay. Yeah. I've only heard of Eddie. I've only heard the myth and the lore of Eddie Lego. So because uh, of that, uh, um, I'm going to go with Nogatuck. Yeah. I I I think Jet Hall is one of the best players in the state. Like you said, I think. He is living up to the hype that we saw at the end of his sophomore year. Obviously got hurt last year. He is so dynamic. He can take over a game with a snap of his fingers. And I think they are going to feed him the ball. And look, I called him a quarterback with quotes on the meat grinder last week or this week. Last he week. can throw the ball too. All right. It is yeah. not a knock on him. He can throw the ball. He is a all-state player. You know, he's just so good. I'm going with Naugatuck in this one. I think they win. I think they complete their perfect season 10-0. They're going to have a lot of trouble when they get to the playoffs. That's something we're going to talk about on next week's show. But I think Naugatuck wins this game this year. Now to Hamden for the 72nd Green Bowl. Notre Dame West Haven playing at Hamden. This game is always played at Joe Bruno Stadium. Uh, Notre Dame West Haven leads the series 47, 22, and 2. Hamden won. His last two wins came in 2005 mm. and then 2021. And then Notre Dame won last year. Notre Dame has basically owned this series the last two decades. But both teams kind of in a rebuilding year. Notre Dame's, we saw, we knew it was coming. They graduated a lot of you know players from the state championship team. Hamden, we thought, was going to really be good. Then they lost their best player a week before the season. Um, you know, J.J. Gibson's been hurt. So it's kind of been a, a funky year for the Green Dragons. But this game is always so entertaining, despite what the, the series records show. Um, you know, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to go with Hamden. Um, I really think that they're just a more complete, better team right now. I've seen Notre Dame this year. They're very young. Dominic Basti is a really good football player, but there's so much youth on that team. And this game, despite what the record show, is going to be crowded. It's going to be a loud environment. I'm going to take Hamden with its more experienced roster in this game over Notre Dame. Sean, who do you like? Um, just quickly, uh, one of the all, all-time great games, uh, for me at least, uh, results, I should say, that I've seen in the Green Bowl was 2002 when Jameson Davis... Uh, they, the game was snowed out, right? Uh, the night, the they, there was a big snowstorm the night before Thanksgiving. So they couldn't clear the field. So they had to come back on like a Friday to play the game. And on, we, the one game that did get played was prep West Haven at Ken Strong Stadium. So we all went to that one. We went to that game because, you know, Chris uh, Everone is just an amazing guy. Uh, is an amazing facilities director. Um, so they had it cleared. So I went down there and all the Hamlet players were there. And there's James Davis. And I said, you ready to rock tomorrow? He goes, are you going to put on a show? He goes, oh, yeah, you watch, you watch. And uh, sure enough, he did. And Noreen needed to get to the playoffs. They had uh, um, uh, Brad Lestorti was one of their best players. He went to Rutgers, and uh, they whipped on him. So that was an all-time great. And then I saw Jamison Davis. This is a whole roundabout way of me saying I got to see Jamison Davis at a UConn 
UConn's opener this year. So it was amazing to see he went to Wisconsin and awesome guy. Great, great stuff. And uh, in fact, actually, hang on one second. Here he is, Davis Davis. For the Hand and Chronicle back in the day when he was, uh, he left early to go to Wisconsin. Early dismissal. I had that idea for that. See you later. Well, guys, there he goes. The old school Hand and Chronicle, man. Uh, January 15, 2004. Anyway, uh, that's a roundabout way of saying I'm going to go with Handed, too. Uh, Listen, it's kind of rebuilding year for them, but I think they're just overall better. Uh, You know, and I know this isn't the game that they always win, but I think Tom's got them pushing the right direction. They've won a lot more uh, than than previous years. Uh, So I'm going to go with Handed. I just just think they're just a little bit better. I would not be shocked to see Notre Dame, like, you know, make this one competitive. I'm going with the Green Jack. All right. To the SWC, we're going down to Stratford, the home of the great Joe Morelli as 1-8 Stratford. Goes on the road to play 6-3 Bunnell for the Manning E. Harvey Trophy. Uh, Bunnell leads the series overall 42-22. to um, Bunnell has won the majority of them the last two decades, but Stratford did pull off the upset win in 2021. Uh, which was their first win since 2015. But this has really been all Bunnell. Um, Sean, who do you like in this one? Can Stratford pull off the upset um, over Bunnell? The short answer is no. I think Bunnell got playoffs in sight. They're looking at it. They think they have a great shot to get in. I agree. Um, you know, that which would be great for them. I just think, you know, listen, that's a team that beat hand. <laughs> Start the year. You know, it's been up and down since then. I saw him. I only saw him once. I saw him in the rain. Uh, they put up a fight against Massick, but that game got kind of got away from him because of turnovers, and plus it was raining really hard too. So uh, that is a further. Here's now speaking of uh, Stratford Bennell, I got another. I got another blast from the past. How about this right here? Top Guns from uh, 2006, before the state championship game. There's Tory Mack and Steve uh, Smith, the Bennell quarterback. They won the state championship. They got beat by Holy Cross, but there it is at Sikorsky. One of my all-time favorite uh, photos, and I think who took it? Uh, oh, it was Autumn Panette. It was uh, uh, Autumn Driscoll, so uh, Eugene's wife uh, from the Valley Indy. But there you go, Top Guns. Great shot. I love it. Absolutely great. That's like, and that was hard because usually they hate each other. Stratford and Bedell hate. So that was before the state championship game, and uh, we were able to get them together because they weren't playing anymore. But hey, there you go. That was actually the year that uh, Bedell lost to Stratford, forty to eight. And Craig Bruno did not think he was going to get into the playoffs, but then Aaron Hernandez and Bristol Central ended up tying uh, Bristol Eastern. There's a little history for you. And Benel got in and went on to win the state championship. So there you go. Crazy. Anyway, I'm going with Benel. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Benel too. Um, hopefully Joe Morelli has a great time at that game. All right. <clears throat> a couple more left. We got Bridgeport Central and Harding. They're playing for the 101st time. Last year was the Centennial was a Harding win. Um, Harding has won eight straight in the series, and they wow. lead the series overall 58-38-4. I would love if Bristol Central could become a little bit more competitive and play in this game. And Bridgeport. hopefully Coach Miller, Bridgeport Central, yes, will get uh, – hopefully the program, you know, continues to build under Coach Miller to get them to make this game a little bit more competitive. But until then, I'm going to go with Harding in this one. They're going to yeah. extend their streak to nine. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. I covered Central during the their great run under uh, Dave Catalina, where they for a decade they didn't lose to Harding, and it was just like, man, is Harding ever going to show up? I mean, yeah, obviously had some great players on Harding back then, like Byron, the bus, Jackson, one of my all-time favorite players. 
uh, who is still, the last I saw him, like last year or so, he was still playing out in Europe, which is crazy to me. Uh, but uh, there's been some good hardy players over there and some great games. That great game, my first game I ever saw in 04 on the mud at Hedges, the old Hedges field. I'm so glad I, I got to see a part of that history here. But, uh, you know, that said, Central's really been struggling, and, and they're in a tough position because they need to get someone, I don't know, long, a longer-term coach with some consistency. You know, Harding's the same deal. Both both, both teams have had, uh, they're, had to get coaches, you know, kind of last minute. So hopefully best wishes to both those guys. I'm going with the Presidents. They've just been overall the better team this year, so it's kind of easy. Pete? Yeah, I'm going to go with Harding, too. Um, I think I said that earlier yeah. before you picked anyway. So, yeah, still going with Harding. All right. To Southernkin for the Apple Valley Classic, Cheshire seven and two, with their playoff hopes on the line. Yep, going to Southernkin to play the six and three Blue Knights, who are already in the playoffs because they play in Double L, not in Double M. Southernkin leads the series twenty-two to twelve, and get this, it was actually tied 12-12, and then Southernkin won ten straight uh, to take a ten-game lead in this series over Cheshire. I mean, Cheshire seven and two. They started seven and zero. Oh. They moved all the way up to number two in the poll. They've lost two in a row. They have to win this game, and they are. We don't know what the health of Matt Jeffrey will be. He has not played in the last couple of weeks. He has not really been a consistent player for them since mid-year, since the Fairfield Prep game. He's been out with a nagging hamstring injury. Um, you know, uh, quarterback Marsh is out, shoulder injury. Brewster, their leading tackler, missed the West Haven game. They had two other starters out. How healthy is Cheshire going to be in this game? Then you flip on the other side, and you got Southington. I mean, CJ DiBenedetto's having a great year. Um, throws a lot, but he puts up numbers. He's got three great receivers in uh, Rashad Williams, Evan Anderson, and John Flynn. Here's the flip. Southington can't run the ball at all. I mean, they're amazingly might be worse at running the ball than Staples is. Um, but they can throw the ball and by running from the non-quarterback position for Staples. Okay? So they're going to have to throw the ball to beat Cheshire. I don't... Oh, I don't pick first on this one. So, Sean, you get to yeah. go first. Oh, man, I mean, This game, I mean, Cheshire needs this game. Yeah, they do. They need to win this game, and they haven't won in so long. And I have a hard time picking for them in this. Um, you bring a lot of good points up about Southern. And, I mean, I've seen Southern, sometimes Southern, you scratch your head. You're like, damn, you know, what, what's going on here? I mean, they, 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 they were in that, they, they were, they were in again, uh, they were in that Staples game, but Staples kind of just like torched them. But the, here's the thing though. I, I think Cheshire offensively without Jeffrey, it's just Gonzalez running around the quarterback situation. He got hurt, uh, beginning, uh, North Haven game. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's, he's going to be available. Uh, I think it's done. Um, you know, so Jeffrey and all those guys out, you know, I would love to pick Cheshire to win this game because uh, I think they deserve to go to the playoffs. I really do. In fact, if, if Southington was down here in Class Double F, they probably wouldn't be going. You know, that's how ridiculous it is. And that's the problem with this playoff point situation. You're going to have strong divisions or you're not. And uh, it's kind of all just arbitrary, but what, you know, not arbitrary, but it's all kind of look of the draw where you end up. Um, so, that said, uh, is Cheshire going to do this? Man, I, I'm going to go with Southington. Maybe this will motivate Cheshire to make it a game. It's going to be a game, but uh, I don't know. I think they're just run out of gas here, Pete. 
you you bring up Southington, and sometimes you see them, and you scratch your head, and you wonder, yeah, what is going on? This is a Southington team that jumped out to an early lead against Staples, and then Staples won by a lot. This yeah. is a Southington team that was up on Maloney and let them right back into the game. This is a Southington team that lost a haul in a crazy rainstorm and then came out and threw for like seven touchdowns in the first half. They're next week. What Southington team are we going to see? This is the same Southington team that lost in the first round to Cheshire, uh, to Trumbull last year. Right? What Southington team are we going to see on Thursday? Now, Coach Drury can get these guys up for this Thanksgiving game. But, man, there is something that tells me something weird can happen. Oh, here we go. Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Cheshire Rams. <laughs> I think they are wildly more battle-tested than Southington. Mm. I mean, wild. It's not even close. Uh, they played West Haven to an 11-point game. Look, Southington's got many playmakers. I named them all. West Haven's got more. Yeah. And they kept that too. That was a four-point game until a 92-yard punt return by Armani Reed. Mm. They fumbled the ball six times, and they still only lost by 11. I like Jeffrey Gonzalez. Evan Russo, is a, he's got like 15 sacks this year. Like, give me Cheshire in this game. They're going to play one more game, maybe, but they're going to get in. I think I think they're going to win this game. They're going to go to the playoffs. I think Jeffrey shows up. I think he's going to be there. I mean, not show up. You know what I mean? Come back. Maybe he hasn't dressed in the last two. Maybe this has all been a big a week off and a, a week in between. He if was... we see Matt Jeffrey, oh, someone tweeted me. If we see Matt Jeffrey on Thanksgiving, I'll feel a lot better about my pick. See, uh, he was great last year's game. I mean, it was the first time I really got to see him. Um, you know, and, and he uh, showed out four five days later in the quarterfinal game. Yeah, yeah, it was like a big coming out because they were kind of like up and down, right? Um, yeah, and he was great last year against Southington. And they, the, the game they probably should have won, to be honest with you. Yeah. They didn't even be able to secure that and go on. But uh, now it's at Southington's place, so I'm going to go with the Knights. Eight. Yeah. All right. One. We are going to Hartford. This game is back for the second straight season after a little layaway. The 93rd Turkey Day game between Hartford Public and Weaver. Turkey Day. Uh, Turkey Day game. Hmm. Yes. Not to be confused with the Turkey Bowl. Um, the teams played last year for the first time since 2013. Um, Hartford Public won. They lead the overall series lead 49 to 34 and four ties. Weaver hasn't won since the fall of 2008, which since I already dated myself, that was my freshman year of college. Um, I was living in Chase Hall at Southington. All right. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Hartford Public here. Um, I, I, Glad Weaver's back. They need a little bit more consistency uh, overall as a program, but I can see them competing in this game in a couple of years, just not right now. I'm going with Hartford Public. Yeah, it's kind of an easy pick for me, too. I mean, uh, I find it very odd, and I know they don't have anywhere else right now, but that they're in the C ECC. Um, they did beat Montville for the second straight year, so, you know, <laughs> that's progress. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be Hartford Public's been pretty good. I actually got to see a little bit of them on film uh, against Plain Plainville in that crazy five overtime game. Uh, I, you know, I, I, they're clearly a better team. I think uh, I'm going to go with the Owls. All right, we are going to Bristol for the Battle of the Bell. Love that name. Uh, Bristol That's Central comes name. in. It's a great name. 
it's one of the best, if not the best, Thanksgiving rivalry name. Apple, Apple Valley Classics, very good too. Um, better than Turkey Bowl. Yeah. I really hate the Turkey Bowl name. I think that's so dumb. Well, I think we should call it the Turkey Plate, right? For a lot of these teams. You know, yeah. you know, are we in a Turkey bowl? in a bowl? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's but, gross. I mean, yeah. All right. Battle of the Bell. Bristol Central, four and five, playing. They're at Muzzy. Um, they're playing Bristol Eastern six and That's three. That's no bowl, by the way. That's no bowl. Muzzy Field. It's a baseball stadium. <laughs> I love the history. Uh, Bristol Eastern, though, six and three. Uh, Bristol Central leads the series 38-23-2. and two. And Bristol Central has won seven in a row, including what I think was an upset win last year. Bristol Eastern was the better team a year ago. We all picked Bristol Eastern to win the game, right? Bristol Central graduated a lot of guys from their playoff team. And Bristol Central goes out and wins the game on Thanksgiving. Now, Bristol Eastern, 6-3. and Jaden, 4. 1,000 yards rushing this year for the Lancers. Sean, can Bristol Eastern break the streak and win this game and beat their rivals from Bristol Central? This is Bristol Eastern's time. I just think they're due. Uh, It's been a long road back for them. It's been an outstanding season. Are they going to make the playoffs? Iffy, but you'll have no shot if you don't win this game. So that, that's kind of straight up at the top. Um, you know, it's going to be very fascinating, uh, this one, because of uh, Jack Hartley, who was on your side last year. Now he's playing against you and maybe trying to ruin your Thanksgiving. That's going to be fascinating. I mean, oh, everyone's probably been talking about that for a month. Don't know a whole lot about it, but uh, I know he's been playing for Bristol Central and last year was at Bristol Eastern. But Bristol Eastern has been very good all season long. They've been in a lot of good games. You know, we'll see what happens to him, but I'm going to go with the Lancers. All right. I, too, am going with the Lancers, like I said earlier. All right. We got four games left. These are all like Bristol and and Hartford. Like, these are all city, same town games. We got the Stoddard Bowl, 8-1 and one Platt playing against 8-1 and one Maloney. They're at Falcon Field, so both their home fields, but Maloney will wear the home jerseys. Maloney leads the series 33-30-1 on Thanksgiving. If you count the playoff game from a couple of years ago, they lead them 34, 30, and 1. Maloney has won five in a row overall, four in a row on Thanksgiving. Uh, Platt's last win came in 2018, but Maloney won the playoff game and then has won four uh, straight playoff games. Platt, great season. Uh, They played Wilton early, played them pretty well, didn't get run off the field. And has gone out and beaten every team the rest of the way. A lot of new faces. Joel Ray has had a great season for the Panthers running the ball. Um, And obviously Maloney, we've talked about a ton on this show. We talk about Dante Kelly a lot. Uh, But a guy like Jesus Martell is having an unbelievable season. 13 touchdown catches. He's got six in his last three games on 12 catches. He's caught 12 balls. Six of them have gone to the end zone. Um, Don't mess with this. Yeah. When these two teams play, really, the records get thrown out the window. I mean, yeah. they truly, it's everything's on the field. I've been at games where both teams have won. I've been at games, I've covered this game where the the not-as-good team has won this game. I've been at this game where the better team has won. Uh, so really, anything could happen in this game. Sean, who do you like in, in, in this one? Pete, I'm going to go with Maloney in this one. The best player on the field, uh, best two players on the field are play for Maloney. That would be uh, Dante Kelly and Jesus Martel. Uh, both great receivers. Uh, both having fantastic years. Stoddard Bowl is always tough. It's going to be a tough game uh, regardless. You know, and I and, and I, 
you know, I haven't seen Platt. And again, the Wilton was probably would have been our opportunity to see him. Um, you know, in that division in the CCC, it's really tough. Like they're they're but they're they're some pretty big wins there they've had this year to get into this position, but it's nothing like Maloney's schedules played in tier one. They really get battle tested. Uh, in that sense, I'm gonna go with the Spartans. Yeah, I too am gonna go with Maloney. I'm pretty sure I've picked flat at this game like every year yeah. just to just to play contrarian, but uh, Maloney is so good this year. Uh watch this will be the year that Platt wins. All right. We got three left. We are going to my town, the Rumble in Trumble, which has no, has lacks all the interest that it has in past years. St. Joe's is five and four. They're going at to McDougal Stadium to play Trumbull, who is four and five. Not a record we saw for either of these teams yeah. at the start of the season. Uh, this game has really lost a lot of its juice. Uh, overall, the series is tied at 13 apiece, with St. Joe's winning five of them. Uh, as the Trumbull, as the person who lives in Trumbull and has been at this game the last couple of years, I'll go first, and I'm going to go quick. I'm just going to go with Trumbull here. I think uh, they're going to get to five and five. It's going to wrap up in what could have been season for Trumbull. Uh, Rowan Johnson's the best player on this field. Um, he's got just heads and ha he has had an amazing senior season. I think he caps it off with a big performance at home to get Trumbull to five and five. And uh, a lot of young guys on this team for Trumbull, so hopefully they'll use it to catapult into next season to get uh back to some winning ways. Sean, who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually shocked, but I, uh, I'm gonna go with Trumbull as well. Um, you know, like I said, I think Rowan Johnson's uh, had a very good season despite their struggles, you know, um, but, uh, you know, St. Joe looks like they, it became quickly apparent that they've been kind of really building toward next year, especially with the quarterback going down early, uh, you know, and then they have the freshman in there who's been you know, playing well, all things considered, uh, just not their year this year. I mean, could that say, could they win this game? Absolutely. They could win this game. Yeah. But uh, but I'm just you know I, I, I'm just gonna go with Trumbull. I think Trumbull. This is you know like it's, it's not it wasn't the the great season we thought that they had they would have. We thought they would at least be in the running. You know they're only a couple wins. If you really look at it, they're only a couple wins out of uh, if they maybe won one more game. They're found they could have been in maybe in a little bit of a dogfight there for a class double playoff spot. But uh, as it is, they're gonna have to you know go in, uh, win the McDougal Trophy, and go into the offseason on a little bit of a high. Pete. All right. Two more. We got the Elm City Bowl. Hill House at Wilbur Cross. Uh, Hill House leads the Thanksgiving series 34-27-7. And, and the overall series against Wilbur Cross 61-32-8. Uh, Cross won last year in John Aquavita's final game coaching the Governors. Interesting, though. Two first-year coaches, uh, Walter Gibbs for Hill House and Alberto Cordova for Wilbur Cross. Both played in this game. Uh, when they were players for their respected schools that they coach. Sean, who do you like in this one? It's been a really interesting year for both schools and maybe not so great ways. I mean, obviously, uh, Hill House really struggled offensively in certain spots, uh, especially in that uh, 2 nothing loss to Bristol Eastern. That was a crazy game. Um, but then they come up uh, out of nowhere and beat, uh, <laughs> beat Guilford which is, uh, you know, in a playoff race. Uh, and then Wilbur Cross is just, uh, you know, a lot, lot tougher <laughs> situation there. 
Uh, they've, uh, you know, not been great in, in a lot of these games. But who knows? You know, maybe seeing the side of your crosstown guys, uh, maybe get your uh, your dander up a bit. I don't know. I'm going to go with the the academics that had the better overall season to date, and I'm looking forward to seeing both these teams improve and getting the Elm City Bowl back to uh, back into a top tier bowl, right? One of those. Teams. Yeah, I love I love the name, the Elm City Bowl. It's a great name, and and look, this is how I'm going to pick this game. Hillhouse has had a better season. They had the great win against Guilford. I think we both agree that the both of the coaches who are leading these programs, these this game is going to be really really special soon. Um, but I'm going to make this pick strictly on colleges uh coach gibbs went played and coached at southern uh coach cordera coached at unh for a little bit i don't like unh i went to southern so because of that i'm going with hill house that's my one reason for going to hill house go owls okay sorry unh won the they won the conference right yeah, they and they they haven't Southern hasn't beaten them since I think I was a sophomore or a junior. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta pull one well. for my SCSU guys. All right, last one, the Carini Bowl. Oh, your boys, my boys, Sheehan at Lyman Hall. Sheehan has won ten straight in this series, and Lyman Hall still leads it twenty six to twenty four. Um, so she and two more wins and they tie it up. I'll go first here. I'm going to go with Sheehan. Um, Lyman Hall's a product of their schedule. Mm. To say it nicely. Um, you know, Sheehan is playing better teams. They're competing against better teams. They have the better player on the field in Brady Rosacci. I mean, this kid, he's only a sophomore. We talked about him last year. We talked about him this year. He might go down as one of the best running backs in Sheehan history, which is saying something because Zach Davis, Jordan Davis, and Terrence Bogan all graduated from there. Um, so, But I'm going to go with Sheehan in this one. Uh, Titans get one step closer to tying this overall series. Yeah. Pete, I agree with you. I'm going with Sheehan. Here's the thing for the, the, the teams like Guilford and Lyman Hall and SEC Tier 3. Do what you gotta do, but tell Al Carbone you gotta you gotta look, get some better team games. Eliminate tier three. Let's do that. Let's start there. You know because this tier thing is not helping you guys out. I mean, you maybe put you in left position, but uh, then you get into a big game. You gotta play. You know, play some teams. Yeah, you, you know. Oh wow, this is this is what football looks like. I haven't played it all year apparently. <laughs> um, that's not to say that they haven't had a good season. I mean, they, they've they've been all right, but again, uh, she is even in tier two. Which you know it's kind of like where they should be, right? Uh, they've uh, they've been they've been pretty good, so uh, you know they've a be- much better schedule uh, than Lyman Hall. So I mean, I mean, like you said, Versace's just a player on the rise. Gory's been good, good team, and uh, they certainly have uh, you know been in the, been in the battles and playing hand hand last week. So uh, yeah, and that's never that's never easy. So I'm gonna go with Sheehan, um, and uh, yeah, and away we go. Who's going to win this Maha Bowl? They still play that? Uh, yeah, that should be played, I think, the night oh. before or two days oh, before, the day before Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. I covered that a couple of times. Let me tell you that some years they get more fans at that game than they do the Karuni Bowl. Yeah, which is wild. That's they love that in Wallingford. Yeah. It's a great game in Wallingford. I've covered it a handful of times. I covered it the year it was too cold to have Thanksgiving games. <laughs> um, and I remember there's a photo. Chris Daly took it. The the then Sheen athletic director is now at Woodland. Uh, they had these mechanical bikes under 10th. 
And at halftime, they all went into the locker room. I obviously couldn't go. It, it was cold. It wasn't like too freezing. But I remember I did like a two miles on the mechanical bikes to stay warm during halftime. The too cold, that still, that just blows my mind. <laughs> and of course, Brockett. <laughs> it was too cold this week. He goes, uh, I know we said to Brockett, you know, because everyone canceled the night before. They actually played the night before. What was this 2017, right? No, it was 2018. 2018. Pat Maloney moved to Wednesday night. I went there and it was colder that night than it was the next day. Right. So it was, it was, it was frigid the night before. And everyone's freaking out. Oh, it's going to be so cold tomorrow. It was like once the, I, I went to Ansonia Naugatuck and it was once the sun, the sun was out and it was like 20 degrees out. I mean, it's cold, but it wasn't like, you know, it was colder the night before in yeah. the dark. Yes, it was a whole different ball game, which a lot of yeah. the EPs and administrators freaking out didn't really understand. Everyone's yelling at us. What do you guys do? It's about safety. And it's like safety. This is 20 degrees out. It was like it was colder yeah. Wednesday night. <laughs> it was crazy. We said it brock it afterward, you know, to push the buttons on him. We're like, uh, Tom, uh, was there any thought to canceling this game? He goes, what? Would you cancel Thanksgiving? <laughs> I don't know, Tom. We might. Um, oh yeah. Oh man. Well, but, they won't uh, make any 20, uh, 20, 20 degree game. The crazy Other thing day. was Friday. They played games that Friday. Remember? Yeah. And I was at Walkit Holy Cross, right? Cause Walkit needed to win to get in. Yeah. And Lee G had a great game for Walkit. Um, his brother or cousin went on to play at Holy Cross, but it was cold that day too. Yeah. Like it was just going to be cold. It's okay guys. You know, you're playing in dude. Playing I bought a weighted. I bought a weighted vest. I bought a heated vest. Things got gloves on. I mean, look. Sometimes we we over we overdo it. Sometimes no. it's just, we overdo it. No, <laughs> Connecticut high school football never goes over correcting. There was they that never, game. We never overcorrected with eight divisions and six divisions with eight teams and potentially seventy-two teams getting into the playoffs. No, we don't overcorrect here. There was that game, uh, what was that, that frigid game, Fairfield Prep at, at North Haven. It was one of the coldest games I've ever been to. Just ridiculously cold. And it was much colder at that game than it was on Thanksgiving. Was that Columbus Day weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be balmy. And cl- hey, hey, that's a, that's a, that's a good, Pete, uh, that's a good argument for Columbus Day uh, Thanksgiving Day games. It won't be, we'll have to worry about cold. Might have to worry about rain. Might have to worry about, like, you know, torrential rainstorms get postponed. Ugh. Oh, geez. All right. right. We done? We're going to go cover some games on Thanksgiving. Oh, let's go. I'm all do, you want my, do you want me to take us out? Do you want to take us out? Pete, this is your gig. We, you, I mean, uh, let's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all right. For I'm Pete Paguaga for Sean Patrick Bowley. Happy Thanksgiving. I love you all very much. Have a great holiday. We'll see you out on the field. This has been the Meat Grinder Pick'em's podcast on Game Time CT. Right. Peace. <laughs>